Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Doe Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about the latest updates on the virus COVID-19. We are living in the era of this virus. And so what are some of the practices and precautions we should do to stay safe and healthy? Here are five ways to strengthen and boost your immune system, most especially now. Our co-host, Dr. D. Banks, an infectious disease specialist, will fill us in on the latest updates and facts about COVID-19. She will give us guidelines on what we should do to protect ourselves and to stay safe. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. How are you? Wow, <laughs> Vicki, I'm fine. It has been a minute. A hot minute, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness grief. Almost two months. That's it. We've been social distancing and, and doing the guidelines, all that stuff, except you. Yeah, stay at home. Stay at home. Except you've been in the trenches, though, right? Oh, I haven't stayed at home. I have been in the trenches. Me and your honey sweet, we have been the warriors out there, the soldiers in the Army. I'm tired. <laughs> I know, but we thank you because, honey, I'll tell you right now, I told Nate, yeah, that's what you make them bucks for, because, honey, I'm staying home. I ain't trying to do that. <laughs> I know that's right. I, I'm telling you, this is this is one of the few times, well, I shouldn't say a few times, but this is one of the times where we earn our money, trust and believe. Oh, big time. We earn our money. I mean, because, you know, this is this is life and death kind of thing. This, this COVID thing in, in the hospital, you know, we're not a hot spot, but we've had a a large percentage of patients in our hospital with COVID. So, yeah. I know. Well, I'm just glad that you are safe and, and all the other folks are out there. That's the frontline folks. We appreciate you. You're so welcome. You're welcome. Well, today we talk about the latest updates on the virus COVID-19. Now, we are living in the era of post-coronavirus COVID-19 and we are asking the questions, what are some of the practices and precautions that we need to do 
and think about today in order to be safe and healthy, but also to protect ourselves and families as well. Our one and only Dr. D. Banks Bright, who is not only our co-host of this show, but she is an infectious disease specialist. She has been in the forefront of this pandemic, taking care of COVID-19 patients, but she has been also going on other talk shows, podcasts, webinars, sharing with folks real-time facts about this novel um, coronavirus. And I am so proud that we have her as one of our health experts here at Vicido Fitness so that she can help us navigate between facts and fiction to understand more clearly about this pandemic and how we should react. And so Dr. D will answer many of our questions today. What do you say, D? I'm ready. Um, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I've been going on some shows and so forth, you know, talking about healthcare disparities, but also, like I did today, not just healthcare disparities, but what can you do? What can we do to protect ourselves? Exactly. What can we do to protect ourselves? So, yes, we are glad that you are here to um, talk about that. This is our first show back in a while, so I'm excited. I know. <laughs> well, folks, make sure you go to our resources page, www.vikidofitness.com forward slash resources, and there you will find products, services that will be helpful to you as you embrace a life of health and fitness. We have a variety of items on our resource list for you to check out and try. We have Reebok, Sunbasket, Warby Parker, Spanx, Just Nutritive, Arda Tea, Eye Remedy Supply, and much more. Now with the Eye Remedy Supply, I went on because, you know, there's been a shortage uh, and you know that, D. It's like black market to get hand sanitizer. <laughs> you know what? Somebody put something funny on Facebook. They said you can find a unicorn more than you could find <laughs> a hand sanitizer. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and so, but I went to iRemedy Supply and I got a whole gallon of it. And it didn't take long to to come to my door. So I'm putting it out there, folks. Go to our resources page and look under Eye Remedy Supply and get you a gallon of hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. We have a new product that we added to our list, and I'm excited about this. I believe in doing things every day to save our environment, and whether it is recycling or using energy-efficient products and all of that, I really, well, actually, Andrea started us doing that when she was young in, in recycling. And so we have continued that practice. And so I really love doing things to save um, the community, but also the planet. And so I love our newest addition to our list. And it's called ecolunchbox.com. And this is an eco-friendly company and products. Eco Lunchbox specializes in stainless steel bento boxes, artisan fair trade lunch bags, napkins, snack sacks, and other eco-friendly lunchware. And I was excited when I looked through their um, website to see all these wonderful things. They are certified. They are a certified green business, and they care about the planet and know that 
customers and consumers want the same thing. So Eco Lunchbox was started by an eco mom in the San Francisco Bay Area. And her story is told on our website and you can see also on our resources page. I have it there as well. And so the demand for reusable waste-free lunch boxes and lunch bags is growing as families learn more about the dangers of plastics to both people and the planet. Their products are highly quality tested and unique in the marketplace. They are beautiful and durable. And as we get back to work and need to carry our healthy lunch, right? Even though I don't know, this quarantine, I had to uh, stop myself. I was cooking and eating. <laughs> well, we, we, the new term now is the COVID-15 instead of the freshman 15, <laughs> COVID-15. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Everybody has. So we're all going to be trying to lose that COVID-15. Oh, big time, right? But this company, Eco Lunchbox, they have definitely eco-friendly um, products to use, and you are saving the planet. And I want you to check out that today, Eco Lunchbox. Go to our resources page. And when you look on that um, website, they have products, and um, they're so beautiful. The way they have the lunch boxes and the stainless steel, and the, just it's very, it's very nice, very nice. And so check it out, folks. Eco-friendly. I think it's great. It's all about being green today. Everybody's into the being green, even from, from building buildings to the products that we use and everything. So I try to be as green as I can as well. Exactly. And so I want you guys to remember that when you use any of the affiliate links to buy any of the products and services on our resources page, you're supporting us here at Vicido Fitness. And a lot of people have asked, you know, because of the quarantine, the pandemic, you know, a lot of us, especially health and fitness folks, we had to shut down our facilities or our programs. And a lot of folks are asking, what can we do to support and help? Well, first of all, go to my website because I'm online as well. Another way to support us is to go and, you know, look on our resources page, www.vikidofitness.com forward slash resources. Look at some of the products that will help you on your healthy living journey. And as always, D. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. <laughs> thank you for your support. Well, D, we are officially back in the house this week. I know. I know. I'm excited. A lot of my colleagues, they're excited. because, Well, as far as my our education, our academy folks, they pretty much had to switch very quickly and teach online. Uh-huh. But as far as the health and fitness facilities, some folks continued their programs online, but all of us, if we had events or programs in facilities and so forth, we had to shut it down, right? We yeah. Had, we had to shut it you down. You know, what I'm happy about, I look to see what was going on at the Jewish Community Center where I go. And the good news that's come out of COVID is that I don't have to fight with anybody in the morning for a lane to swim in. Now you have to call and make a reservation. Very interesting. You can't show up at the pool. So you, have, you can only do a half hour, which is fine. But you have to register. And so now you don't have to fight for somebody, you know, for lane. So 
I was happy about that. And but it looks like they're gonna you know, I was skeptical about the gyms opening because you know I know I've always said gyms were nasty before COVID. Big time. <laughs> Big time. I mean they're some of the gyms are some of the nastiest places that I can think of going. Everybody sweat and this, that and the other and people even when they had you know, um, claws and stuff for you. To, people didn't clean those machines like they should. No, they didn't. So I was skeptical. So I said, I'm going to have to ha- have some scrutiny when I go into the gym to make sure that people are practicing those kinds of things to do what they need to do for washing things down. Because the gym, those gyms are, for me, a cesspool oh, of big time, big time. breeding ground for, for viruses. And bacteria. Anyway, and bacteria and stuff anyway, right? Anyway, That's anyway. It. I'm going to be curious to see how really clean. You know, you look on the shower floor and you see mold and stuff like that. Well, I mean, all that stuff lends itself to uncleanliness. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they achieve this. Oh, I know. And then also people don't realize you definitely got to practice social distancing when you are exercising because your heart rate is up, you're breathing, yeah. you're breathing, breathing faster, hard. yeah, and hard, right? You sweating. Yeah. Come, come on now. Uh, I would say slap your mask on and be in the corner. You in timeout. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I mean, I'm going to probably do swimming because that looks like it will lend itself, but I might have to pass I know. upstairs for a minute. Oh, I know. That's going to be tricky. So, but um, we. Tricky. And then also, I'm sorry to say, and everybody's there in my age group too, but you know, you go in the morning and it lends itself to the people that are high risk. You know, the elderly, they're coming over there for their, you know, little geriatric workout and stuff. These are the people that are high risk and have a lot of comorbid illnesses. And don't forget, people that go to gyms also have comorbid illnesses, many of them, uh-huh. and that lends itself to symptoms. So, uh, you know, I, just be careful. Definitely wear your mask. And we'll get, we'll talk about that later on because that's my, that's yeah. my pet peeve. Definitely. Kudos to all my, my colleagues that are health and fitness trying to get it together with that. But yeah, I enjoyed the, the quarantine period because like I was telling you earlier, I actually got a chance to sit down. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs that. You know, I, I don't know what it would have been like. I probably would have caught up on a lot of reading that I need to do. A lot of books that I have in here. Mm-hmm. I would have caught up on that. I don't know that I would have cleaned anymore, but I would have tried <laughs> to at least catch up on some reading. This has been definitely a reset for me and yeah. uh, saving money because we can't travel and yeah. do all this Oh, time. my goodness, yeah. <laughs> you know. Goodness, yeah. So, so we can look at some of the good things that, that has happened. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, I know your stuff is different from mine's because of, like I was saying, you're in the trenches, but did you get a chance yeah. to at least chill for a little bit? Yeah, I got away last uh, weekend, as a matter of fact, to Florida. Okay. Uh, went with a little bit of trepidation, but I knew that I was going to go down. I was going to be with family and friends, and I knew what I needed to do when I traveled. You know, I was certainly worried about airplanes, mm-hmm. but I uh, was very happy to see in the Pittsburgh airport you can't get in without a mask. Okay. That's, they're mandatory. That's good. To get on American Airlines, the mask were mandatory now 
that spacing thing is kind of iffy because the chip down on one of the legs, there was there was somebody in the middle seat, but I had my N95 and another mask on, and and I also had goggles and gloves. And Dang. <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah, I had I was ready for them. I had all of that. Okay. But then on the second leg, it was, you know, a seat in between. And then coming back on each leg, it was a seat in between. So American is trying to do the right thing. And then the other thing, there's no congregation going down the jet port. There's places that you have to stand to load the plane. And when you get off, you can't get up until the row in front of you gets up so that there won't be any, you know, clogging of the aisles and people are running, you know, going out of there. So they're trying. And then in Florida, the restaurants were open. Okay. The tables were six feet apart. Most of the things were outside, which is a little better. Okay. Um, I didn't see any of that. They opened the beaches. and I was in West Palm. They opened the beaches there. There was none of that Daytona Beach Ozark crap. Okay, I good. I walked up and down the beach. I wasn't eight feet from anybody. I mean, that was maybe the closest I was to somebody who passed me. And everybody was kind of like, even though they had a mask, people kind of like put their heads down or their hand, hand up to their mouth. You know, everybody was very sensitive. Okay, that's good. So, um, yeah, but I, I needed that reset button. There's nothing like the ocean to kind of get you revitalized, renewed, and reset. Because, you know, this is no joke what, you know, Dr. Nate and I have been doing. It's, it makes you very weary. We're tired. And the thought that, and we'll talk about this later, that people doing stupid stuff that this could resurge, you just kind of go into a tailspin and go, what? I know. So, yeah. What is going on this week? Well, we oh got- my goodness, everything, <laughs> Vicky, my goodness, everything. <laughs> well, we got the, this is going into June. This is, I thought it was very important that we talk about going outside because we want people to not to, to stay up cooped up in the house and not exercising and to get outside, you know, use your precautions and do what you need to do. It is in June NRPA, National Recreation and Park Association Family Health and Fitness Day, and it will be held on June 13, 2020. And it's celebrated, the Family Health and Fitness Day celebrated the second Saturday, the second Saturday in June every year. So the park and recreation agencies everywhere are encouraged to participate by sharing ways that families can get active while practicing safe physical distancing. So whether through participating virtual programs at home or in their local parks where state and local ordinances allow, we are asking along with the National Recreation and Park Association that folks get involved. Members of the healthcare community are encouraged to participate as well even as sponsor. And this year's theme is Parks Build Healthy Communities. So what do you think, Dee? Yeah, fantastic. You know, everybody has quarantine fatigue. So this is a good thing. And due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they realize the National Recreation and Park Association realized that many celebrations will be virtual or tailored to maintain physical distancing. And so they've listed some creative program ideas for your celebration, and it can include some of these things. And so we got 
They say, why don't you encourage family bike rides and hikes on the trails that are open? You know, host a sidewalk chalk art contest. And that's really good for the kids, too. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Have bear hunts. Encourage people in your community to place a stuffed animal in a easily visible window of their home so that families can go for a walk and search for them and take photos of the things they find. I thought this was pretty cool. I thought that was cute. That is cute, right? Yeah. I know. And then host a virtual race. Mm-hmm. Host a virtual morning. They, the, I've, I've been seeing those around, you know, as a former runner, I've been seeing a lot of the races that I used to go to. They're doing virtual races now. I know. So those are cool, too. Uh-huh. And then my brother T, he gets on his bike and goes on these long bike rides. He has me look and, and see where he is and, you know, how you can look and see what's going on. So, yeah, host a virtual morning yoga meditation session. And I see a lot of my sisters that are yoga instructors, they're starting to uh-huh. do that. So wow. those are good things. Stream a healthy cooking class on your social media channels. So these are just examples of things that you can do, whether you're online or you're trying to maintain your physical distancing, but you still are engaging. And the NRPA, they are encouraging us to share our family health and fitness day ideas, our virtual events and photos on social media using the hashtag NRPA Family Fit Day. And so for more information about NRPA Family Health and Fitness Day, go to www.nrpa.org forward slash events. Love it. Well, our next What's Going On This Week, did you watch The Last Dance? You know, I haven't watched any of it. It's good. It is good. Oh, is it? Tell me about it. It's about Michael Jordan and the um, Chicago Bulls. It's a network docu um, series. They really started at ESPN. They started having it on Sundays because, you know, you couldn't watch regular sports, right? So they decided to, uh-huh. to air the documentaries for ESPN. And so it says here, if you look at the, the CNN business, they say that the network's docuseries about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls finished its 10-episode run, and it was the most-watched documentary ever on ESPN. And I heard everybody talking about it. Yeah, because, you know, some of the things when you go behind the scenes, of course we knew that uh, Michael Jordan, you know, in order to be the greatest, he had to have those big-time driving, almost obsessed with practicing and being the best. And so you can see that. But I was tripping about Scottie Pippen. I didn't know that he had signed this contract where he wasn't making nothing, Harley, compared to the others. Oh! Yeah. It Did was... they talk about Dennis Rodman? Yes. So I didn't see all of it completely, but just even the first part of it, was very, you know, I was like, now Nate watched. I got a binge watch. I got a definitely binge watch. Yes, definitely watch it. But they say that the 
the series, which debuted to big numbers in April, averaged 5.6 million viewers throughout its run. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And it says, yeah, they... That kind of, that he still got that kind of draw. Yeah, but one thing that people kept asking, and when you go back and look, look at his eyes, Michael Jordan's eyes. It, it looks like he got jaundice or something. Really? Okay, I haven't, I haven't noticed. Yeah, his eyes are like, you know, red, yellow, the whites of them. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if he has some kind of something, some liver disease or something. I know. I wonder. I, no, I had I had not noticed. Wow. Yeah. Well, watch it and then let me know your thoughts on that. I'm telling you. I will. I sure will. Yeah. The series was it was a big hit on TV, but also on social media as well. And so. Yeah. I thought it was just a one time thing. I thought it was just a one time movie. I had no idea that it was a series. Yeah, it was behind the scenes, and Michael Jordan had given them permission to come around with the camera. And so, yeah, they gather up all their old videos and stuff and made this wonderful documentary, and it was it was great. Now, some people uh, dogged it because he didn't say anything about his wife. Well, I think Sister Girl got a ton of money. Probably so. <laughs> but he's a billionaire. He ain't doing too bad. I think Sister Girl got a ton of money. Okay, so they trying to keep that on the low. Uh-huh, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you have time, make sure that you look at that. I'm telling you. I will. You will enjoy it. Did you watch Becoming on Netflix? I didn't watch that either. Well, I can understand. You, you busy. Well, I've been watching. One series I watched was All American with Tay Diggs. Okay. I watched that. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's called All American. It's about a football coach and his kids and blah, blah, blah in California. I watched that. And then I watched, I got into Ozark. Okay. That's another one of these Netflix movie series. I got a little bit into that. Okay. What else? Did, oh, I know. I got into a little bit of the royal family. You know how the royal family thing. So there was a series on the royal family, not the crown, but it was another one about Diana and Charles. So I watched a little bit of that. But you're right. By the time I get home, I'm exhausted. Yeah, I can understand. But when you get a chance, you know, go back and look at The Last Dance. I'm going to try to definitely finish all of the episodes because it, it, it's really good and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we always have a health tip when we have our show. And so the health tip, you can find this on our website, Vicky Doe Fitness. And it was written by one of our health experts, Gabe, Dr. Gabe Sanders. And it says five ways to strengthen your immune system. It says, as the coronavirus global pandemic rages on, many of us are sitting here waiting and wondering what's next. While there is uncertainty in the world around us, there are a few things that every person can control. Everyone can control their own personal lifestyle habits. You can control your personal hygiene, your food intake, your exercise habits, and many other lifestyle choices. There are things that you can do daily to give your body a chance for success, to fight off any type of viral or bacterial infection. And so the key to doing this is to boost your immune system. Our immune system 
is the biochemical network within our body that is aimed to fight unwanted diseases, bacteria, and viruses. Whether you know it or not, your immune system is working tirelessly day and night to fight disease. As a result, it is imperative to feed and exercise your immune system daily to keep it healthy and strong. Here are five ways to feed and work your immune system. For starters, take your multivitamin that has plenty of vitamin D. Vitamin D is an essential nutrient as it helps fight infection. You can drink milk or eat yogurt. Dairy is known (laughs) to be rich in vitamin D or Most importantly, dairy products have probiotics and help enhance your healthy gut bacteria, which ultimately fights disease once it enters your stomach. I will also say for folks that have dairy issues, I have dairy product issues, so I can't drink Mm -hmm. milk, so to speak, but I love the the almond milk and all of those. Me too. Don't you love that? I replaced any milk with almond milk, yes. Yeah, because it's enriched with vitamin D. They have those vitamins yeah. in there. Yeah, so that's something to think about if you can't have, you know, your milk for your dairy products. Fruits are full of nutrients. They can help strengthen your immune system. Fruits that are vibrant in color, red, blue, green, purple, should be consumed almost every day. There are also great super green powder supplements that can be taken to help. Red and white meat are immune boosting proteins. Protein is essential for optimal immune health. Whether you prefer red or white meat, both are great options, but red meat might have a little more of the good stuff for immune health. And I always tell people, you know, sometimes we hear people say, yeah, you know, you got to cut out all your fat saturated red meat, but Yes, we don't want you to eat a whole bunch of red meat, but sometimes it's good to have a, a a little piece of steak every now and then. A little something. I just can't. And, you know, I have friends that became strict vegetarians and for various health reasons. I'm not saying that they run and eat a steak every day, but they had to go back and start eating a few things that, you know, some things that they were missing in their diet. Exactly. It's always like we say, you know, you have to have a balance on a lot of these things that you eat. Moderate intensity exercise and daily activity is a way to boost your immune system. Too little or too much exercise may not stimulate your system in an optimal way. So if you do too much exercise, you may compromise your immune system. And so the goal is to work up a sweat, ensure that your heart rate is increased and drink plenty of water. So these are some of the five ways to strengthen your immune system. And this is most important since we there's no vaccine or no cure yet for this COVID-19, right, D? Not yet. So We have to do the things that we can control, right? Right. Until the vaccine comes out, we'll have to do all those things that we need to do to protect ourselves. But also, like you say, now that we're coming out, well, even before we we came out, 
you know, like I said, I'm serious about that COVID-15. You can't let things go to pot. Now that we are coming out a little bit, I think people's mental health will be a little bit better to try to eat more healthy and get out and do a little bit of exercise. And certainly the weather, I think, is going to change people's mood. I think so, too. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So what's the latest, D? We're still in the throes of, um, of COVID-19. As I've said many times, those things that we did to flatten the curve, as Dr. Amy Atkins has said, we are not yet at the, well, the federal, and I tell people, we're not yet at the federal guidelines where we're seeing a constant, sustained decrease in the numbers of infections. But, you know, the economy, people have to get the, and I'll talk more about that, the economy back, but safely, hopefully. And, you know, um, I think we're getting a better handle on the disease. I think we're understanding better how to treat it, better how to take care of patients. But we've still got a long way to go. And we still, we still need better testing. We still need, we still need a vaccine. Big time. At least we're learning more, and I will have to give it to the governor of Ohio. He shut things down when it was just like no seven. Question. No question. I truly believe if he and Dr. Amy Atkin hadn't, Atkin hadn't done what they did, our situation would have been a lot worse. Uh-huh. I believe so, too. So We might have been like New York. I know, because we got a lot of universities here. We got a lot of universities. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Ohio is the land of the universities and colleges. Uh-huh. And remember with the Arnold Schwarzenegger, his whole fitness thing, he, he didn't allow that to happen. Right. Exactly. And that was in March that weekend in Columbus. And people come for that. The fitness, that, that's been going on for years. People come from all over the world. That's good that he listened to the doctors and the science. Yeah. Yeah. But you certainly have to listen to the doctors and not the politicians. And as far as Gump said, that's all I'm going to say about that. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> all there right. There it are. There it are. Exactly. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own. Haywood Doe Consulting Co. doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about how to safely live in the post-COVID-19 era. 
Now, what are the necessary precautions that we need to take to make sure that we can move about in our communities safely without increasing the risk of spreading the coronavirus COVID-19? And so our co-host for this show, Dr. D. Banks-Bright, an infectious disease specialist, will fill us in on the latest updates and facts, y'all. These are facts about this virus today. Go ahead, Dr. D. We're listening. <laughs> Thank you for having me today. It's certainly nice to get back to our podcast. And as Vicki said, yeah, Dr. Nate and I have been very busy taking care of patients. The curve is flattening. We don't have near the number of patients in the hospital and the emergency room that we have had uh, starting about the middle of March. So all those things that everybody did out there to stay home and do all those things that the governor said have worked. I just want to give kind of a little introduction about where we are with some of the social issues and things with respect to COVID, and then I'll go into some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves. First, let me just say this. When we first started taking care of COVID patients, they were coming in fast and furious. I mean, the emergency rooms were packed. People were coming in, either having it, ruling it out. And so at one time in our hospital, we had over 180 patients. And this was a relatively small town. And we only have two. We have one hospital system, but two hospitals in that system. So basically, we were taking care of patients as fast as we could to try to make sure they didn't die. We didn't totally know what drugs to use. We were getting indications from China about what drugs they found to be effective. And then when it broke out in Washington, state of Washington, and some other places looking at Italy, what drugs they used. So we were basically flying by the seat of our pants trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work. So we didn't really have a chance those early days to kind of step back and say, oh, well, this person's African-American, this person is Latino, this person is you know, or whatever ethnicity, basically we were just trying to keep people alive. I guess about the middle of April, we kind of sort of took, we, well, it didn't happen here in our area, but the first place that sort of mentioned it was Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They started to notice that there was a disproportional uh, segment of the population that had COVID and it ended up being African-Americans and Latinos. And the, what the situation was that African-Americans and Latinos made up, let's say, 30% of the COVID diagnoses. They made up 50% of the mortalities, but they only represented 12 or 13% of the population. So then those numbers started to trickle down to not just Milwaukee, uh, Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago soon after that started putting out her data, Atlanta, Georgia, Mayor Bottom, North Carolina, and in a lot of other states, uh, New York finally, mm -hmm. uh, we started to notice that African Americans and Latinos were disproportionately affected by this disease in the same kind of portion of statistics that I mentioned earlier. They were a small part of the population, but represented a significant portion of the people that were positive and an even greater percentage of people that were hospitalized and who died. And teasing that data out, what were, and I forgot Louisiana was another, uh, Louisiana and Detroit okay. were also part of those statistics. What were some of the risk factors that were associated with 
those individuals that predispose them to for COVID to be more highly represented in them. So some of the things that Vicki and I have talked about all the time on this show, hypertension, obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, renal disease, chronic obstructive lung disease, and asthma. Mm. And what portion of the population is this disproportionately affected by those, as we've said many times on this show? And it appears that a lot of the outbreaks occurred in underserved communities and those places where individuals were uh, of lower income. These places became hot spots. So we were also looking at what were some of the social determinants of health that would lend itself to members of that population becoming more affected. So we looked at something called social determinants of health. For example, you know, a lot of people in uh, essential workers, those are the people that, you know, drive the buses, drive the subways, uh, or the environmental services people in a hospital or a building, those people that the restaurants are, were open or any uh, food facility or the Walmart or drugstores, these were all the essential workers. These were also individuals who could not afford to stay home in quarantine, you know, you got to have a big house to be able to say, well, I'll stay in the basement, <laughs> stay upstairs, we want to see each other. Right. A lot of us don't have those kind of houses, right, Vicki? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so to say, you know, well, I need you to go in for 14 days, you stay in one part of the house, and the other person stays in the other part of the house, a lot of people can't do that. And a lot of people also didn't have jobs that lend themselves to going home and sitting down at a computer and working during the quarantine period. People had to go to work. So you put um, those individuals like people like we lost, we lost a lot of bus drivers. Mm. We lost a lot of people that were involved with subways. We lost a lot of people involved in environmental services. And we're now seeing people popping up in grocery stores that are positive. So these are some of the, social determinants of health. Also, in a lot of the homes of individuals, it's a multi-generational home. For example, you know, you might have the mom and dad and kids and the grandparents all in the home. And then again, if you don't have a big mansion, social distancing is very difficult to be done in those kinds of uh, situations. One of the things that I'm happy that Governor DeWine and uh, Governor Cuomo, wasn't he great? Oh, yes. I used to listen to him every day. Big time. The issue of masks, let's just start with that. I'll never forget when one of my colleagues came on the floor, and this was in the early days of COVID, when the pulmonary guys at my hospital were, were just starting to take care of the patients. And I noticed they had, they were all of them were wearing scrubs all the time. I was still doing long-term care. And they came over and they had masks on and hats. And I said, why are you guys, you know, masks? And they were like, you have no idea of, of how uh, infectious we think this is. And again, like I said, early data was coming in. We'll roll around. And thank goodness through Dr. Fauci, let's give him kudos, and Dr. Burke. Big time. Our national health care team, we were able to be informed that we needed to shut it down, social distance stay-at-home orders from most of the governors. Not every single state was a, a, a stay-at-home. But also getting people into the mindset of the mask wearing. Now, this didn't come out early on. This has evolved. 
And before I forget it, let me just go through the mask thing. Okay. There are N95 masks that we wear in the hospital environment or let's say a long-term care facility where you have a lot of patients who have the propensity to be uh, sick. Um, but most of the time, most of the masks that we've been talking about are surgical masks. However, Surgeon General uh, Jerome Adams put out a video to show people how a cloth mask, you know, that has to have a certain number of layers, and he has a video on the CDC website to show you how to do that. Okay. Any mask is better than no mask. Right. And one of the main reasons for wearing masks is you're protecting, for example, you might be a carrier. You're protecting yourself from giving the virus to someone else. And it's also just a common courtesy thing, as Dr. Burks was saying. You're saying also to other individuals, I respect you, and I want to try to protect you. And I'm, I'm looking at somebody else who has a mask on. Thank you for helping to protect me. Right. So, I'm a big proponent of masks. I, I, you know, and, and it's, been a, it's been a slow evolution. You know, it's not like people came on the radio and said, well, you got to wear a mask. It's been a slow evolution to try to get people to buy into because our culture has not been a mask-wearing culture. You'll notice a lot of the Asian, when you travel overseas. Oh, they always of, have it. They always have their face masks on. Masks, right? Yes, yes. I mean, that was just, that's just part of, of their culture. Yeah, what they so, do. Um, you know, because, well, let's face it, they've had issues with SARS and some other viral diseases uh, there. So the, the mask wearing is kind of a, a cultural thing with them now, and that's not something that we've been, you know, used to. And then let's face it also, Americans are not, they don't want to be, we don't want to be told what to do. You tell us no, we're going to say yes. You tell us <laughs> not to do something, we're going to do it anyway. So the powers that be knew that this was going to be a slower buy-in. But I, my thing is now that, and now we're coming into where states are starting to open up. Georgia, Florida, uh, Ohio has started to open up. Pennsylvania is shut down. Now, I don't, Pennsylvania may not open for the next millennium because <laughs> when I went to, Pencil, to, to the airport, Pittsburgh, you can't get in without a mask. Philadelphia Airport, you can't get in without a mask. American Airlines, you can't get on the plane without a mask. And no restaurant, no bar, nothing is open. Wow. In Pennsylvania. I had to run up and down the streets when I spent the night, the night before going to the uh, airport, spent the night in, in the, the hotels have only maybe two floors functioning where they're cleaning, cleaning, cleaning all the time, which is fine with me. And so you're going out trying to find something to eat. And I had to, nothing wrong with it, but that's just not my, my food choice. I ended up having to eat some KFC because that wasn't anything else open. Wow. Nothing. But Ohio, we've opened. The problem is, as you've seen in a lot of the news media and stuff, people done gone crazy. I know. I mean... You give people a little bit of rope, and they abuse it. And so over the holidays, we saw people uh, in pool parties, mass quantities, Daytona Beach, mass quantities. And as I said somewhere today, let's keep it real. We know there were some barbecue places, parties <laughs> around that pictures weren't taken. Let's keep it real. <laughs> you know, so we, we know that the scenes were not exactly all those scenes that we saw. We know that there were a lot of us. Oh, barbecuing and big parties and not adhering to the mask wearing guidelines. So 
I, I, I would just like to tell everybody, we're all quarantine fatigued. You know, we've been cooped up, shut up, things <laughs> have been shut down, we haven't had things open. And now the governors are allowing us, with guidance, to slowly open our, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, the, uh, our you know, places that we like to go to. But don't abuse them. Right. Because Governor, Governor DeWine has said, if, and he started now after the first week of opening things, and it was apparent from pictures that were sent to him that people were abusing it. He has, I think, and I saw some uh, sheriffs coming around, and if your bar or your restaurant is not adhering to these practices, he's going to take your liquor license and food license away. So let that sink in. Wow. So this past week on the CDC website, and I just want to go over briefly some of them. Okay. They've talked about some things to do. They know people are going to go out, but they want you to go out safely. So I'm just going to kind of go through a little, a few of them. Okay. Running essential errands. Grocery shopping, getting takeout, banking, getting gas, and going to the doctor. So what do you need to know? Stay home, first of all, if you're sick. Use online services when they're available. Wear a cloth mask over your face when running errands. Use social distancing when you're in the store. Use the hand wash, hand sanitizer on entering and leaving the store. And if they have them around the store, frequent hand washing. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds when you get home. Grocery shopping. Avoid shopping if you're sick or even have any symptoms of COVID, fever, cough, or shortness of breath. Order online or use curbside pickup. Yes. Protect yourself while you are shopping. Uh -huh. Again, stay at least six feet away from others. Cover your mouth with a mouth and nose with a cloth face covering. And when you do have to go visit in person go during the hours when fewer people will be there for example early morning or late night now a lot of the establishments i know before this um when we sort of had to stay at home dollar store was still open remember when uh, when it was you could find a, a unicorn faster than you could find toilet paper <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i never understood what the, the toilet paper caper was about but I bought in, and you can't go in my basement now because I must have a thousand rolls of <laughs> and paper towels. That's funny because you about to die, but you want to make sure you wipe your ass. I don't get that. <laughs> I mean, God forbid that we run out of toilet paper. So I have toilet paper for the needy and the greedy in my house. I don't think I'll ever run out. And, um, but a dollar store used to have early hours for senior citizens. Okay. And some of the other stores now. So if you're a senior citizen, take advantage, especially since you're high risk, take advantage of going to those stores in the early morning or in the evening when they set aside hours for you. And again, use hand sanitizers and soap and water. Okay. Deliveries and takeout. Limit person, in-person contact if possible. Pay online or on the phone when you order if possible. Accept deliveries without in-person contact whenever personal. Ask for deliveries to be left in a safe spot outside your house, such as, such as on your front porch or lobby. 
with no person-to-person interaction. Otherwise, stay at least six feet away from the delivery person because you don't know who that is. Wash your hands again. Sanitize with soap and water after accepting deliveries or collecting mail. After receiving your delivery or bringing home your takeout food, wash your hands again with soap and water for 20 seconds. If soap and water is not available, use hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And now that they've started to sell alcohol again, that was another finding a unicorn. I know. All the alcohol was gone. Uh And so now that they've started to put more alcohol back, you can make your own, go online and figure out how to make your own hand sanitizer with aloe and 60% alcohol mixture and put it in a spray bottle. After collecting mail from a post office or home mailbox, wash your hands with soap and water again and use a hand sanitizer. Now, this might be extreme, but this is what Dr. D does. Mm-hmm. I spray my boxes and leave them there for a little while before I open them. That, that's what we it's do. A couple days. We have a little table where we just let it sit. That's just me. Yeah, we have a that's table too where we sit and let it air out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of, I just kind of funny now. Of those places where the the virus remains the least, it's on cardboard. Okay. So that's not a bigger war as worry as it would be on stainless steel or something like that or plastic or something like that. But I do spray the box and let it sit for a while, as you say, air out. Yes. Banking online, mm-hmm. or, or banking rather, bank online whenever possible. If you must visit the bank, use the drive-through. And remember, these are all touch. Places. When you're cleaning, when you're talking about cleaning and wiping things off, mm-hmm. there's certain things that are touchable. Doorknobs or handles, mm-hmm. uh, those things on the elevator that you press. Mm-hmm. The ATM is another one of those press button things where you want to make sure that you wash your hands with san- hand sanitizer after you use that uh, device. Mm-hmm. Getting gasoline. Yes. Use disinfectant wipes on handles and buttons. Use disinfectant wipes. On those, and after fueling, use a hand sanitizer, again, with 60% alcohol, and or wash your hands when you get home. Doctor's visits and getting medication. Talk to your doctor online, and most hospitals now are doing telemed. Yeah. So use telemedicine, if available, or communicate with your doctor or nurse by phone or email, and talk to your doctor about rescheduling procedures that are not urgently needed because now is not the right time to be in a hospital. I know. And if you must visit person to person, protect yourself. If you think you have COVID, notify your doctor before you visit and follow instructions. Again, cloth face coverings. Don't touch your mouth, your nose, and your eyes. Stay six feet from other people. And when paying, use touchless Payment methods. Now, our hospital has gone completely cashless, as a lot of places have. You cannot exchange any cash in our hospital. Everything is done by credit card. Okay. And I think a lot of other places are going to that as we open up. Lastly, limit in-person visits to the pharmacy. Mm. Plan to order and pick up all your prescriptions at the same time. If possible, call prescription orders in ahead of time. Use drive-through windows, curbside services, or wait in your car until the prescription is ready. Mail order or other delivery services, and do the same for your pets and their medication. Call your doctor and pharmacist to see if you can get a larger supply, a 90-day supply, for example, that will keep you from having to run in and out of the 
pharmacy. So these are just a few of the little tips that the CDC just came out with because they know that no matter what we say, people are going to go out anyway. Right. Um, again, when you go in the park, and Sanjay Gupta has addressed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it necessary to wear a mask mm-hmm. when you're out walking? Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, it's difficult to walk with a mask. And I've done a little bit of fast walking, and so it's a little bit. He and Dr. Fauci don't, do not wear masks. Mm-hmm. And they say as long as you can maintain social distancing six feet and greater, that it's probably okay to not uh, wear a uh, a mask. Now, if you see those pictures of people in Central Park, then you better have it. York, there's very little six feet between people, so there you might want to think about slowing your walk down just a teeny bit and putting a mask on. You know, Vicky, that's pretty much it. Again, like I say. Don't fall for the thing of that uh, we're over this. We're not. Mm -hmm. And there are predictions that there's going to be a resurgence. And I can tell you that we are tired and we're taking bullets for you all. But we're going to be really mad if everybody goes out and this thing resurges. And now we're back to where we were at the end of March. Mm -hmm. You know, we understand how the economic situation is and people have to go back to work. And that's another thing Uh with respect to health care disparities that what we found were people who, you know, needed to work, couldn't sit at home and couldn't quarantine. Once they got sick, when they got sick, they were scared to tell anybody. So they would come to work and then they infected a lot of people. I know. Which is why you see now as places are open and I'm, I'm in the process now of um, advising some of the museums in the state of Ohio about opening. Okay. And to institute some of those things that we have done now in our hospital, you can't get in our hospital system without having your temperature taken. Okay. And I think that that's a key indicator. If your temperature is 100.4, you can't come in here. We don't have time to talk about other places. There are a lot of issues about churches. I have my own opinion about that. I talked to our friend Reverend King about that today. Uh-huh. There are a lot more issues involved with the church situation, but uh, they're starting to open too. But one of the one of the sad situations that happened in the state of Washington was that there was a choir rehearsal, uh-huh. and I don't remember the exact number of people. Let's say there were fifty people at the choir rehearsal. Okay. After that choir rehearsal, about fifteen tested positive for coronavirus. And about two or three of them died. Wow. So singing causes the particles to travel farther. Mm-hmm. So church is a little bit different in terms of loud speaking, the way the, 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 the virus can be aerosolized and so forth. So that, to me, maybe should be one of the last things that people think about in the re-entering of the population. But, you know, I'm not, I'm a Christian and we all have our own spirituality and our own places of worship. Mm-hmm. I just think that those places need to have a task force, like we're doing for the museums and everything else, to look at how to open safely. That's what I'm trying to say. I know. And one of my pet peeves with all this that we have, a lot of people that are not taking this thing seriously, but then they are, we're talking about intelligent folks, you know, they're talking all these numbers and stuff. Oh, well, you know, it's not as many people as they said, and this and that and the other. The flu kills people, but that's, look, that's looking at stats over a year. We're talking about close to 100,000 folks killed in less than three months. Come on now. 
That's huge. That is huge. Just since this virus just came into this country in March. Yes. Maybe the end of February. We haven't even known about the virus since December. I know. If you said 100,000 people died since December, which they haven't. Most of these people have died from the middle of March until today. Exactly. So 100,000 people. Think of, uh, think of a stadium where people are playing football and put, maybe put two or three of those together. That's how many people have died within the last three months. Three months. There's no comparison. And these are intelligent folk. You know, these are folks that, you know, know, talking about stats and stuff. And I'm like, okay, now what kind of interpretation of stats you looking at? Come on, man. I, I know. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I, I just, I don't get it. So my thing is, uh, as I said today on another <clears throat> webinar that I, I was on, uh-huh. you can choose to believe those people that are non-physicians, right? Or you can believe people like myself and Dr. Fauci and other people, right? That's all I can say. That's it. That's it. And for those people that are listening, it's great to listen and be respectful. Even these people that are, you know, you okay? Suppose you are the the top of your game. You know, you got your PhD and in you know right. finances or you got your phd in education or what have you you if you want to know the real stuff going on ask an infectious disease specialist or pulmonary hey, folk or, exactly that's who you I'm talk just to amazed, i'm just amazed at the number of infectious disease doctors that have popped up jiffy popped up that are, i'm trying to figure out well where did they do their id fellowship i know right so thank you, Dee, for all of this good information. Oh, you're so welcome. This is our show. So do you have anything and tips that we should think about going forward? Again, I would just make sure that, again, wear your mask. Okay. Wear your mask, wear your mask, and social distance. All right. There it is, right? And it's simple. That's what I said, you know, in exercise, nutrition and all those behavior type, we call them lifestyle behavior things. There's a philosophy that we have, even if we're at the top of our game, we're researchers uh-huh. and we we got all these programs and stuff written out. We always say, look, we got to keep it simple. We got to keep it simple right. so that people can do it without thinking. And so. I would say exactly. I would say in this time, just put your mask on, social distance, watch your hand, and go on and do what you got to do. There it is, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. And as always, for more information, go to our website www.vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com.